Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Coming up on NBA Today, Adrian Wojnarowski joins the show with the up-to-the-minute latest reporting on Russell Westbrook. Plus, did y'all see Luka Doncic? He was deep in his bag of tricks last night, which got us thinking. Is he the most unguardable player in the game today? Hmm. And Steph Curry, he turned on the heat last night in the Bay. We have full highlights from the Curry Flurry. It's Friday. Let's get it started. Welcome to NBA Today. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm Malika Andrews. The best point guards in the league. They were in action last night, and they all had plays that just popped off the screen. Steph Curry, he dropped 33 points, highlighted by a triple move, a dribble move, snatched Tyler Hero's ankles before hitting one of his seven threes. John Morant went straight and won mixtape, messing with Harrison Barnes in the perimeter before blowing by him and finishing over DeMontis Sabonis. But it was Luka Doncic who had the play and the game of the night. In the middle of posting a 40 40-point triple-double. Doncic threw a no-look pass over his head to Maxi Kleba. It was Luka Magic personified. We're going to get to all of that in just a minute and so much more with Tim Legler, Cheney Agumake, Kendrick Perkins, and Zach Lowe will be joining us, as well as Tyrese Halliburton. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. We need to start, though, with Russell Westbrook, the absolute latest on him, because our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski, is reporting that he may be coming off the bench tonight. There is a chance, obviously, that that he's reporting with uh, Russell Westbrook that if Anthony Davis is able to play right now, he's going to be a game-time decision, that that could change. Tim Legler, what do you make of this? This is absolutely the role best suited for Russell Westbrook. There's no question about it. I actually felt this way the day that I heard they acquired Westbrook before last season because he just doesn't have a fit with LeBron. It's just not his style of game to be off the basketball. So now he can get more minutes with the second unit. It's more like his team when he's out there. Give him the ball and let him go, and he can feel true to himself as a player. And you're also staggering the minutes in a better fashion with LeBron. So I do think this is the best usage of Russell Westbrook. Let's hope that mentally he buys into it, and obviously nothing is going to make him buy into it more than winning some games. You know, I I have them going 0-7 here at the start, but if they can win some games, them coming off the bench, and he buys in, and he feels more empowered Mm. as a player, because I think right now he doesn't feel that way, and he's completely out of rhythm. So this is the best way to use Westbrook, I believe. Yeah, when you come to a team that won a championship in 2020 just a few years ago, you conform to that team. The team does not conform to you. And I think that's an example of what Russell Westbrook is going through. They're not going to conform to his, you know, triple-double or the mindset that, you know, I increase the pace, which is great. They need to find ways to win based on their weaknesses, and that is shooting the ball. Right now, the Lakers from three are shooting 22.3%, mm. the worst over any four-game span by any team within a, uh, NBA history, within NBA history. When you see that glaring weakness, 
you are not bigger than the team in your championship or even takeaway championship contender pursuit. LeBron James and Anthony Davis have averaged about 50 points per game. They're doing their job offensively. They're also third, the Lakers third at scoring in the paint. But you can't have everyone transparent with that goal with Russ out there, LeBron out there who's shooting, I think, his worst three-point percentage since I think his first year in the league. And then you have AD out there as well. You have to sort of address your weaknesses. Mm. And that starts, unfortunately, with Russell Westbrook probably being the captain of that second unit, leaning to his strengths coming off of the bench. I want to bring Kendrick Perkins into this conversation. Perk, what do you make of this? Oh, I got a lot of things to say, Malika. Here we go, right? Number one, shout out to Darvin Ham for doing what's best for the team, right? And not losing his team in the locker room because of one individual and trying to make him happy. That's mm. the first thing. The second thing, this is an audition for Russell Westbrook, not just to help the Lakers get wins, but this is our audition because the rest of the world is going to be watching to see how he handles this situation. And number three, I honestly don't believe he's going to handle it well. Just remember, We just remember the reason he missed last game was because he had a hamstring injury that he basically blamed out, uh, on Darvin Ham and the coaching staff for having to come in off the bench because he wasn't used to that. Look, I'm telling y'all this right now. Russell Westbrook is not happy about this situation, and I won't be surprised if, and I'm not so, and I'm telling, <clears throat> I'm sorry, and this is just the first step of the ending of Russell Westbrook and the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, uh, you know, for them growing apart and, and, and them finding the trade or possibly sending them home. Because if he, if he gets to the point where he gives any type of negative energy, they're not going to deal with him no more. So he's going to have to, have to put his pride aside and embrace this, this role. Remember, the world is watching him. The NBA world is watching him at the moment. All GMs across the league are watching to see how Russell Westbrook reacts. I want to bring in the man who broke this news, ESPN senior insider Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, can you just give us the latest? Exactly how are the Lakers evaluating Westbrook's status here? Well, Malika, they, they've been preparing for this idea of Russell Westbrook coming off the bench you know, really all summer. Darvin Ham, you know, talked with Russell Westbrook about the idea, uh, the final preseason game. You know, he came off the bench uh, for the Lakers. And, you know, the plan is, is to have Westbrook play more on the ball with the second unit, be more of the primary playmaker, uh, as opposed to playing with the starters where he's uh, playing off the ball. Uh, certainly a, 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 a role on the court he's less accustomed to. So I think my sense is that Russell Westbrook, uh, I think, is accepting of the idea that this could be a role that may jumpstart him and the team. And I'm told that not only is that the plan tonight uh, against Minnesota, but for the foreseeable future with the Lakers. The, the one caveat I'm told is because Anthony Davis is a game-time decision uh, with that sore back, if he were to not play tonight, uh, Westbrook could end up in the starting lineup. But if Anthony Davis plays, the plan is for Westbrook to come off the bench uh, tonight and then moving forward for this Laker team and, again, become more of the primary ball handler uh, with that second group. Thanks, Woj. That's very interesting. Please do not go anywhere. We're coming right back to you in just a moment. I do want to bring Zach Lowe into this discussion, though, because, Zach, this is something that you have been calling for for a while, but there's this sort of balance that the Lakers have here where 
bringing in Russell Westbrook off the bench, it's not necessarily going to solve every problem that they have. Well, obviously, if you're 0-4 with the worst offense in the league, you got a whole lot of problems, and Russ is not the only guy throwing up bricks from three-point range on this team. But look, <clears throat> this move is long overdue. The Lakers had two options left with Russell Westbrook, and really they had two options before the season started. They just weren't ready to face them yet. One, bring him off the bench. Two, bench him completely or send him home. And like Perk said, this may be step one in a process that ends with them sending him home. But it's a step that's worth trying. The only way that Russ can be effective at this stage in his career is to give him the ball and put four shooters around him. Do the Lakers have four shooters to put around him? I don't know. But even in Houston, when he was so good, the reason he was so good is the Rockets traded their center, Clint Capella, because they understood we can't have any other non-shooters on the floor with Russ. We've mm-hmm. got to play five out. That's it. And so this is their only chance. I just don't think they have the lineups where he can be really successful coming off dimension. Look, if you're going to conceive of him as a sixth man, the best sixth men, seventh men in the NBA, they play a lot of minutes still with the LeBrons and the ADs of their team. So I'm kind of skeptical that this is really going to be a long-term solution, but it's definitely something that's worth trying and is overdue. All right, let's put a pin in the Lakers for now because another player who's been on the injury report this week is Zion Williamson. He was upgraded to questionable yesterday for tonight's game versus the Suns, bringing back senior insider Adrian Wojnarowski here. Woj, what more can you tell us about his status? Yeah, Malika, Zion Williamson went through the Pelicans shoot-around this morning, and while he's still a game-time decision against Phoenix tonight, uh, there's, there's a real likelihood that his return uh, may wait until Sunday when New Orleans heads out on the road. They start with the Clippers. So Zion Williamson, I think, will get back out there pregame tonight, but a real possibility you know, he may sit out one more game here before he rejoins this team. Possible that we may not be seeing Zion tonight. Woj, thank you so much. We will see you a little bit later in our show. I want to bring in Kendrick Perkins on this. Perk, what's your reaction to now Zion sitting not out, not out just one game, but two? You know what? I'm not overreacting. I actually think this is a good call by yeah, the front fair. office of the New Orleans Pelicans and Willie Green. Make sure that he's all the way right before you bring him back. And the Pelicans, look, I'm not sitting up here saying they don't need him, but they have a lot enough depth that they can withstand not having Zion for a few games and even Brandon Ingram. This team has a deep roster. They're one of the best teams in the Western Conference, but Zion, he is just something special. And when you come when he comes back due to you know, all the injuries that he's had in the past, you want to make sure that he's right. You want to uh, protect your number one pick, your superstar. Your This guy has the potential to be a megastar. So I'm not mad at this. I'm not mad at all. Great, great call by Griff in the front office and Willie Green. Do not rush him back whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It's smart. And listen, if this right. was a playoff game, he's playing. If this is a really critical down-the-stretch regular season game, he's probably going to play. With his track record, why rush it? The thing you worry about when you get something like this is it tender enough so that you change your gait a little bit because that could lead to something else happening 
let's just err on the side of caution with a guy this important, and we saw what he's capable of doing when he's healthy. So no big deal missing one more game. This isn't something that you're connecting to his previous injuries. This is a fluke thing. It's right. a legitimate, you know, hip bruise is a, is a legitimate injury. I've had it. I'm sure, Sinead, you've had them. Oh, yes. All right, they're painful. <laughs> you got to let this thing heal up. No big deal. Let's not overreact to Zion not being there for two games. The Pelicans, they face the Suns tonight on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Perkins, thank you so much for stopping by. Still to come on NBA Today, Luka Doncic was doing it all last night in Brooklyn. So Janae and Tim Legler break down his magical performance. Plus, did you hear some very thoughtful comments from Clay Thompson on the criticism he's received since coming back from two serious injuries? Definitely stick around to hear from Clay. And we have a very special guest joining the show, Indiana Pacers star Tyrese Halliburton. He is stopping by as his Pacers take on the Wizards tonight on ESPN. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. NBA Today is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. My friends, my squad, my gang. I just caught Malika when I landed in the bay. Had to carry on and I forgot it on the plane. Going Kendrick Park is where I'm wearing my brain. So I gotta make a good first impression. Caught him on camera and Janae just embarrassed him. Yeah, yeah. oh. Adrian just hit him with a bow's bomb. Step back, Zach, long range with Ramona at. Flew from Cleveland to LA like RJ. Now we on ESPN NBA today. I got my son on the beat, that's my slime. It's NBA on ESPN time. It's NBA on ESPN time. Come on, Zach, you don't got Step back, Zach, hit him with the world bar. The, hey. the streets said that Zach had oh, the best bar. The streets, we Step said that Zach, Zach had the best bar. Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah. We did. You do, Zach. Just, I know you've I been in the walking in slow motion. Does everyone look good? I, you look you know good what? in shades, You look great, Zach. You look great, Zach. We've already commented on the Zach glow-up. Uh, let's get to the game of the night last night. It was in Brooklyn. Luka Doncic and the Mavs, they were taking on the Nets. Let's head to Barclays Center, Chenea Gumake. Look, this was a point guard matchup that made everyone happy if you love these guys because Kyrie was in his bag. I mean, look at the handles, tween, cross, tween, taking the contact. He's so gifted. Finishing in the paint for his size at 6'3". I'm taller than him, y'all, which is, I mean, I'm 6'2", well, 6'3"-ish in heels, so you know how that goes. But look at this no-look pass. 
Luca Magic, that's exactly that. Draws the, the defense. Eyes on the back of his head. Pass of the night. Uh, you have to be right. Pass Honestly, of the season I was so surprised, far. Max. I was, I was surprised he caught it and finished it because that was so unpredictable. And I would say, yes, that is absolutely the pass of the season so far. But it was Kyrie Irving and him just trading buckets all night long. I don't know how he does it. It's like a maze and he still finds a way to the rim. His hit, best handle in the NBA that we've seen. Absolutely. And Katie had something to say. I mean, you look at like what Brooklyn was able to do from their two stars. They've been showing up. It's mm. been really disappointing to see 37 plus nights and they still won't. Well, let me not spoil this because look at this from deep. That's oh. just, that's beautiful. And you and can just is... tell they wanted to win. Yes. There was fight on both ends, but guess what? At the end of the day, Luca did his thing. What? Once again, drives, finishes off the glass there. Luca was everywhere last night. Final yeah. seconds here. Luca turnover. Ben Simmons gets the steal there. Passes it out. Dishes it to Kevin Durant, who finishes with authority. What? What? I was a little surprised. Ian Eagle's call was a match. Oh, it was beautiful. By the way. It was so we beautiful. had to overtime in this one, and that's when the match just took over today. Look, they had 23s on the night. Luca was scoring, and then they were knocking it down. I feel like it's impossible to beat the Mavs when they're in that situation. Look at that pass, too. Reggie Bullock for three. Absolutely beautiful. The Mavs go on to win this one, 129-125. It was a fun game. And Luka has now scored or assisted on 238 points this season. Only Russell Westbrook during his MVP season and James Harden that same year have had more through four games in the last 25 seasons. And that's after Luka had a hand in 80 oh my points last night. So Tim Legler. I know we were texting last night. The Nets, they didn't really play poorly. This was just more about what Luka Doncic did right. What part of his game jumped out to you the most? Yeah, look, we showed the dime of the night, but these are the three really that closed the deal late. And this is why I'm calling him the best offensive all-around player in the NBA because mm. there's no answer for the guy. You play with one person, he gets the shot. He wants you playing with two. This is what happens to you. Now, just take a look late. Three-point game, 3.45 to go. This is game-winning time. And take a look at these passes and, and why this is so wow. magical, what he does. He comes off this ball screen. Stop right there. Now, take a look at what he has done. First of all, he's taken two guys with him like he should. But here's what I really want you to focus on. Look at the eyes of the defenders. Obviously, the two guys at the point of attack. But look at all the weak side guys. Everyone is watching Luka. You know what the problem with that is? The basketball is right here. It's already come out of his hand. No one sees it yet because he's gone behind his back. And he gets there so much quicker to the shooter. Ooh. There's no chance to recover to this. Toe it up, hits him right in the cradle, step into it, big, big one right there, go up six. Does it again here. Get a little ISO, all right, you want to run two at me? Same thing. By the time that ball hits the hand of the shooter, you've already got two defenders on this side of the floor, and there is no way for Kyrie Irving to react on the weak side because you don't take the time to pick it up and throw a normal pass. Going behind the back with that kind of velocity gives the shooter an extra half a count. And then finally, there's this one. He's reading this action right here. You got a, you got a screen coming right here, and you got to read it. So the defender gets on the high side. That's going to dictate a back cut. Mm. And look what he's looking at on the weak side of the floor. Take a look at Kyrie Irving. Right, He is chest to chest for some reason. He's not on the edge of the lane. He's over here that far from the ball. So that means Luka is going to again put this thing with velocity. A perfect lead pass from the sideline out of bounds with four seconds to go. Luka Doncic, LeBron James might be the only two guys in the league capable of making that exact pass. But this is why this guy is so special. You want to run an extra guy at me? Fine. I will pick you apart with my pass. It feels like when Luka is playing like that, it, there's just no hope for anybody else. Like I said, this wasn't about the Nets, but the Nets, Katie and Kyrie, they became the only, the second pair of teammates to each score 100-plus points over the same three-game span in which their team lost 
every game. The other duo was Kiki Vandeweghe and Alex English for the Nuggets. Here's Durant and Kyrie after the game. Kevin, what do you think you guys need to clean up most right now just to get back on track? It's everything. You, know, you look at your whole team and look at your whole all your schemes and just try to fine-tune it all. All we can do is put one foot in front of the other, one day in front of the other. Um, and teaching takes time. You know, and me and Kev, we've become teachers just playing in this league now. And uh, we're looked upon as that. And it's not just us, it's the veterans around the league, but specifically the veterans on this team. Uh, we take our responsibility serious because this is our, it's our profession. And uh, winning is the business. I want to bring Zach Lowe back into this discussion because the Nets, they've dropped to one and four. And ultimately, we know five games is just a drop in the bucket. But how are you assessing what you've seen from them through these first five games? It's been a tough schedule, so you have to say that. The schedule gets easier now, and they better start winning. But what's worrisome is that they've struggled in exactly the ways that if you were low on the net, you would expect them to struggle. They're last in defense and 29th in defensive rebounding. I don't care how much firepower you have on offense. You cannot win with those kind of numbers. Look, they'll be better than last defensively. Opponents are hitting everything from three. That's going to drop off a little bit. The size thing is more troubling. And last night, they stopped playing Simmons and Claxton together because they just realized we can't have two non-shooters on the floor. It's not working. And that's going to compromise their defense. And that brings you back to the second issue, which is that Ben Simmons has 28 points and four free throws in five games. And look, he needs time. We need to be patient. That's all true. This Nets team only works if this is a big three. And right now, it's not a big three. And until it becomes one, they're a second-tier playoff team in the East, and that's just the, that's just the end of it. Yeah, I think that this was a reminder that the league is in a very healthy place. Mm. Typically, when you have Kyrie and KD go for 76-plus points the last few games, you would say, oh, that's an automatic win for their team. And the same way you could talk about AD and LeBron and the Lakers going for 30-plus, and that's an automatic win. No, the league is, is in a very healthy place, especially with what we've seen with Luka and what we've seen with Ja. But when it comes specifically to the Nets, you look at them. The, everyone has been talking about how they're poor defensively and their rebounding is bad. Bad. You see them trying to understand that, like they're trying to protect the paint now, even though they don't have the size. But what does that mean? That means now teams are having field days. Third worst in the league at defending the three. Opponents are shooting 42% from three. The Mavs had 20 out of, they were 20 out of 40 from three. You can't be bad at both, mm. you know? But you see the competitive fire there. You see the want to win there. They're going to overtime. They're trying to address some things, but they still are limited schematically. And until you address those ways to defend better, you won't be able to even compete no matter how much firepower you have. Lex? Yeah, look, I think we've beaten up Ben Simmons enough over his offensive issues, right? But here's the thing. At least you would think you'd be getting more defensive prowess out of him. Look, look at what's happened with John Morant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and again last night with Luka. These guys are doing whatever they want. So you're, you're sacrificing a lot offensively, and right now you're not getting the defensive benefit from Simmons because they're not a good defensive team. Yeah. Right? He, he can do his thing individually still because he's big and physical and quick. Their principles aren't there. And what really is scary, their best two players scored 150 points right. against Memphis and Dallas, and they still the lost. And I think that's why Kevin Durant jetted off the court last night at the final buzzer. I mean, he sprinted basically underneath the basket, got in the tunnel. Practically at the same time the final horn sounded, he was obviously irritated. I think it's why. He's playing great. Kyrie's playing great. They're still losing games. 
that, that starts to get scary. And I like this idea, Legs. Let's chat a little bit about Ben Simmons defensively because mm. I always try to reset things. When he was with the Sixers, he was a perimeter defender. Here, he's one of the bigger guys at 6'10" asked to really rebound and defend centers in this league. And you see so many players that have their way, like you mentioned, a Zion Williamson, a Giannis Antetokounmpo, or even in a situation where the Mavs don't necessarily have a traditional go-to force in the paint uh, type of big. But still, now, okay, the NBA is so versatile, they'll make threes. Right. What do you think about Ben Simmons switching over? Because that's where I give him some grace. It's not easy to go from the perimeter mm. to the center and adapt. Very difficult. And you saw him playing Giannis. Like, he's not used to having to guard guys that can bang three dribbles in the post and drop step you. He didn't know what to do with him, and, and Luca kind of plays that way. He's so wide and physical and strong, and he sets you up. Once he gets you into the paint on his hip, you're at his mercy. He's going to get what he wants. So I think all of this is affecting Ben Simmons' confidence, I'm sure, because he's also right. not having the impact on that end. You know, if he's really locking guys down, maybe his teammates would see more value in him. Right now, he, he's sort of lost. They're scoring at a high rate, not guarding a soul. It's going to get better. Joe Harris and Seth Curry are a big part of this this dynamic, sure. when you get that kind of shooting back also, it is going to make things a little bit easier for everybody else, and maybe they'll win some of these shootout games. Seth Curry reassigned to their G League team. Hopefully they get the band back together, and then we can fully see what they're going to be. Let's bounce around the league a little bit. Coming up on NBA Today, the Splash Brothers, they were on full display last night, but it was Clay's post-game comments making headlines. You do not miss that. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. So this was the 37th time that Steph and Clay both made five three-pointers in the same game. That's by far the most by any duo in NBA history. Let's take a look at the highlight here. Steph Curry nails it from deep, Janae. And what I like is the Splash Bros, they both shot 28 threes. They know where their bag lies, and Steph Curry was in rare form. But, like, how often do you see cross-court passes unguarded to a Steph Curry in the corner, which is the easiest shot for a three-point shooter? Three words. Can't – well, actually, two. Can't do it. Just can't do it. Just can't do it. That's three. Just can't, just can't do it. Can't do can't, it. Just can't. Do contractions count? Sorry, y'all. We're nerds <laughs> over here. But look at what he does right here. Twinging cross. Just, a, like, all he needs is .5 seconds. And I love it when he turns up. King Kong on him. I'm still stuck on whether it's two words or three. All right, let's keep it pushing ahead. Later in the game, 320 left in the fourth quarter. Steph Curry finds his way. Nice touch off the glass there. Look, slow-mo. That's on Jimmy Butler. Help defense where you at. Beautiful. Too late. Too late. He's too great. But also, like, look at those shots. Miss here. 
Hustle from Draymond. This is quintessential Warriors basketball. Dub Nation, where you at? You can't Top foul Steph on a three. No, like you that. can't. You can't. But he's just in his bag. I feel like they're motivated now. Like, you're starting to see them a little saucy. The Warriors? Yeah. Sure. They got a title to defend. You can't mm-hmm. waste any time doing that. The Warriors go on to win this one, 123-110. Now, I got excited about how many threes the Warriors made. <laughs> there it is. It's the 37th time that both Steph and Clay have made five threes in a game. That's a lot. And, in fact, it's the most It's the most than the next two duos on this list combined. Here's Clay Thompson after so, the game. So, uh, you know, it hurts when, uh, you know, Someone like Charles Barkley with the platform he has says you're not the same player prior to the injuries you have. It's like, no duh, man. Consecutive years. I, like, tore my ACL and my Achilles in consecutive years and still help a team win a championship. I mean, it hurt hearing that because it's like, man, I put in so much freaking effort to get back to this point. Like, it's hard to even put into words. Played 55, 57 games in three years? Like, give me some freaking time to get that back and just hear someone say, oh, he's not the same prior to the, as he was prior to the injuries. Like, duh. Like, who goes through something like that and comes back? I, I don't know. It just hurt my heart hearing that. I think I'm, I'm very proud of what we accomplished last year, and I feel like I was a huge part of it. I'm not going to let, let these injuries be a crutch for me. I'm just going to keep going, and I'm going to have a great year. I, I bet on that. I love that, that that vulnerability, that honesty from Clay Thompson. It's not something that he has a responsibility to share with us, nor do athletes share all the time. But when I heard that, I felt that. Whether or not I'm an athlete who went through injury, I'm not. But I've felt that way. How did, how did you digest these comments? Completely. And look, I don't know if there's a guy in the league that loves basketball more than Clay Thompson. Mm. And, and you could see it when he came back, how bad he was pressing in the beginning, because he wanted to remind everybody, remember who I am, remember what I had to do with this run of success we've had here in Golden State, and he was pressing so bad, and we were just waiting for him to find his stride. I knew he wouldn't be consistent in the beginning, but he had moments during that run. They don't win the championship without him. I mean, Steph was obviously what he was. Wiggins was incredible. They don't win the title because Clay had moments in each game, in that series, and in every round, really. And that's what he's basically trying to say, and said, hey, come me some slack here as I try to come back but letting you know that hey athletes sometimes try to act like they don't hear anything Mm. they hear everything and he was addressing it and I think it's honest and open to do that and more than anything I think what he said at the end is what you got to take from it I'm internalizing this I'm gonna use this as fuel as if he needed any more he's already so driven and now he's going to even have another added dimension to why he wants to prove who he is historically in this league. Yep, hit five threes last night. I knew that was going to happen. And I think a lot of people, when they saw these comments were made, everyone knew that Clay Thompson was going to take that personally. And I think at times it's unfortunate, but it's the reality. Sometimes you are victims of your own success. And you can say that to anybody that's on the Warriors lineup that's been a part of the 4 P. What did we say about Steph Curry going into the season? Well, he hasn't won finals MVP. Guess what? That motivated mm-hmm. him in a year where we saw him become the all all-time three-point leader, and then they win a championship. Again, Klay Thompson is one of the greatest shooters we've ever seen, and I do think that this will motivate him, and I can co-sign because I know Klay, and Klay is always trolling, uh, not trolling, but he's he's trolling or patrolling, what is it, patrolling? Patrolling. Patro- yeah, there we go. He's patrolling social media he's in a respectful way, and he uses that as motivation, and so I'm glad he's honest. I think we need to see more athletes sort of show the humanity behind criticism because sometimes it gets out of control, but I'm happy for him because it's not easy to come back from two back-to-back injuries and you have to put some respect on his name for winning a championship because mm. no matter how he played, you still going to guard Klay uh, Thompson on the perimeter, wherever he is from three, because his, historically he has deemed that kind of respect. So I loved all of this. Yes, ma'am. Zach? 
I absolutely loved it. And not just because it was raw and honest and very clay. We all love when players are raw and honest. It's for what Tim said about the end of the quote. Bet on that. Bet on me. And I would bet on Clay Thompson. He ended the monologue by saying, forget all the noise. I am going to be the same player again. And that's what you have to love. And I'm with Clay. I have been baffled, baffled since the day he came back about how many people are nitpicking his game, looking for, oh, he got blown by over there, or oh, he's not shooting as well over here. He's not the same guy. This guy tore his ACL, and then he tore his Achilles, the second of which is the most devastating injury a basketball player can suffer. And maybe I'm just crazy and I hallucinated that he averaged 19 points a game in the playoffs and shot 39% from three on a ton of attempts, most of which are contested because he's Clay freaking Thompson on a team that won the championship. Won the championship. Clay Thompson is tough as hell. He's a legend. And considering what he went through and what those injuries are, I think he has from day one, not just in the finals, not just now, exceeded what could be reasonably expected of him based on those injuries. And I'm betting on him to continue exceeding it. You know what? I, I think I'm betting on You Clay better preach, Zach. <laughs> we all are. Zach said it all. Uh, next on NBA Today, Woj is here once again to talk about a new collective bargaining agreement that could affect teams like the reigning champs. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. NBA Today is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. The Pacers and the Kings, they made a trade. Sacramento trading Tyrese Halliburton. The league is stunned at this trade. It hurt when I got traded. It definitely caught me by surprise. I thought it was a joke. They didn't want me. They're definitely going to add fuel to the fire. Welcome to Indiana. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to put everything I got into this. Are you ready? I had an immature view on things when I got traded. Looking back on it, one of the best things that could happen for my career. It's been quite the journey for Pacers star Tyrese Halliburton, who is in his first full season with Indiana. And Tyrese joins us right now here on NBA Today. And Tyrese, the last time that we had you on this show, it was right after you were traded from Sacramento to Indiana. And the emotions, they were still running high at that point. How are you feeling now, eight-plus months out? Uh, obviously, I've had time to to accept things. Uh, I've matured a lot, grown a lot, uh, and I'm just really excited to be here in Indiana and uh, you know keep growing here. I read that for a little bit though, it was hard for you to accept. Why was that? Uh, it's just you know you get drafted as a rookie, you show a lot of love somewhere, they show you a lot of love back. Uh, but decisions are made. It's a business at the end of the day. Mm. Uh, you know it's easy at a young age to 
put those into emotional feelings or whatever, but uh, you learn to mature, you understand it's a business and uh, you move on. What individual goals have you set for yourself and then for this team? Uh, I think, you know, me personally, you know, I want to be a 20 and 10 guy in the NBA. Mm. Uh, that's something that I feel like I can do. Uh, I want to be an all-star. Uh, those are definitely two things that I think are very much so a possibility. Uh, but, you know, I think for me and this team, we're so young that I think the, the emphasis for us is to grow every day and learn every day. Uh, you know, we're being put in situations that we've never been put in. Yeah. I mean, everybody, right? From me being a, a primary guy, I've never really had to do that before, uh, to being so young that, you know, there's games where we get down early and we got to fight our way back and and figure it out and you know maybe we're not getting the calls maybe we're not getting our shots aren't falling these are situations we've never been in together as a group so uh just figuring that out every day figuring out how, how we can grow because we got a lot of young guys who uh you know are going to be here moving forward and you know just want to keep growing and and uh you know learning together the NBA just announced that it would be streaming all of Victor Wembanyama's games, and one of your strengths is your playmaking ability so from that perspective how can he open up an offense for a team uh, I think just his length. Um, obviously, he's a generational talent. Everybody's, I'm sure everybody said that by now. Uh, he spaces the floor in so many different ways. He's doing things that you probably never even seen on the NBA floor. So mm. uh, he does a lot of different things well, um, and, and I think he'll have a great career in the NBA. Let, let's talk about your teammate, Ben Matherin. He's one of two rookies averaging over 20 points per game along with Paolo Bancaro. What have your impressions been of him early? Uh, he's been awesome. He's been awesome. He's been as as, uh, as advertised. Uh, coming in in the draft process, you can see his hunger for the game of basketball. Uh, you can see his his body and how it's already NBA ready, and you know he can score with the best of them. So uh, it's not a surprise to see him what he's what, see him doing what he's doing. He's been doing it all training camp, all preseason, and so it's not a surprise he's doing it now. Um, you know his games have kicked off, and uh, there's still a lot of room for him to grow. There's still a lot of room for us to grow in our relationship, and um, I think that he can do a lot of things super super well, and I'm mm. uh, really excited to you know move forward together. Before we let you go, I just want to get some quick answers on these, right? Just Boom, 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 boom. Okay, don't think too hard about it. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's get it. Bigger Indiana icon, Larry Bird or Reggie Miller? Reggie Miller. Favorite jersey when you were a kid? Oh, what a uh, uh, Toronto Raptors purple with the, with the dinosaur. All right, there you go. What was your welcome to the NBA moment? Uh, John Wall chased me down on New Year's Eve and blocked me. I thought I was going to dunk on him. <laughs> And I was, I was out for a couple games after that. So definitely my welcome to the NBA moment. Welcome to the NBA moment. Favorite player not named Tyrese Halliburton to wear number zero? Ooh, probably, probably Dane. Probably Dane. Probably, even though that's the letter O, letter O and not number zero? Oakland, Oregon, Ogden? Wait, you, wait, you, know wait, 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 you gotta say that again. And a guard, 6-2 from Weber State, the reigning says that he doesn't wear zero. He's now Damian Lillard wearing the letter O because it's Oakland where he's from, Oregon where he plays, and Ogden where he went to college. Oakland, Oregon, Ogden. Oakland, Oregon, okay, Ogden. Okay. There you go. I, see I love that. it. I see that. Everybody wanted to wear zero growing up because D'Angelo Russell wore it in college. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted it in college. I couldn't get it in college. I got in the NBA. Uh, but probably, probably Dame. Dame's probably the answer. All right, Dame is the answer. I know last year you gave us a blast of Let Me Love You. What's the number one song on your playlist right now? 
Mm. You know you're gonna have to give us a blast. So pick, 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 pick carefully. Probably, probably uh, come through by Drake. Yeah, that's my. Let's that's hear my it. Thing. Watch me come in. There it is, Tyrese Halliburton. Thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today, and I'm sure we'll be seeing you back here soon. Yeah, appreciate it. Come through, because you know we got things to do. All right, tip off your weekend with NBA Friday doubleheader. Bradley Beal and the Wizards, they host the Pacers. Thanks so much for Tyrese Halliburton stopping by. That game's at 7.30 Eastern. And then it's the Pelicans taking on Phoenix. Our coverage begins with NBA Countdown at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. Next, Woj is here to talk about a new collective bargaining agreement that could affect teams like the Golden State Warriors. NBA Today will be right back. NBA Today, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Welcome back to NBA Today. Our Adrian Wojnarowski reporting some CBA news on how the NBA is pursuing the implementation of an upper spending limit in its new CBA. It would replace the luxury tax with a hard limit that teams could pay and could not pay to exceed salaries. That's what sources are telling our Adrian Wojnarowski. This proposal has been met with some resistance. You can see some of the details there on your screen. I want to bring in Woj now to explain this a little bit further. Woj, what is the most important thing for folks to know as they are looking at all of this information? Malika, that, that this is really early in the league and unions, collective bargaining discussions uh, for a new CBA. The current deal runs through 2023-24, but there is a December 15th deadline mm. of this year for either side to give one year notice that they're gonna opt out of the deal in December of 2023. So there's motivation for the sides uh, to get a deal done ahead of that. They could also extend that December 15th deadline into 2023 if they're making progress. And sometimes uh, team or leagues and the league, the union, you know, they propose essentially wish lists early on, but the NBA is proposing an upper spending limit, which certainly acts as a hard salary cap uh, for a league that has uh, a luxury tax system that right now has three teams in Brooklyn, Golden State, and the Clippers uh, who comprise over 60% of the luxury tax payments in the league. The spending of those three teams is massive. Mm. And what the league is trying to do is create a system that gives more of the 30 teams a competitive ability uh, uh, an ability to be competitive as they're building teams uh, to try and uh, uh, have contenders win championships and what the league I think is pitching to the union is a more competitive league creates more revenue and that'll that'll raise player salaries because the player salaries essentially in a 50-50 split hmm. are tied to the league revenues very interesting but, the, the union certainly is showing great resistance mm. to this idea, again, early in the process. Well, we will keep an eye on that process as it continues to unfold. Adrian Wojnarowski, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. Still to come on our show, we're going to relive some of the best moments of this week. Oh, there's Janae. Oh, goodness. Uh, it's Halloween weekend, and Tim Legler, did you know this? He goes all out oh, yes, at I his do. house. NBA Today will be back in 60 he seconds. He better break it down. <laughs> 
friends, my squad, my gang. Upper room, baby. That's air traffic control right there, baby. Just embarrassed him. So this is where Steve Kerr shook his head right up until it went into the basket. Oh, he puts it in! Do we care about transition defense at all? Your computer might burst into flame. Now we on ESPN NBA today. I'm going to say it. They're going to go 0-7. It's NBA on ESPN time. We are joined now by NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Tyrese joins us. Favorite jersey when you were a kid? Toronto Raptors purple with the dinosaur. Carter. You should. That's a good yeah. We in the build. <laughs> so you know something that the people learned this week, Janae? What? That I, cl- I think I have the best stank face. This face. Hey. <laughs> um, it's Halloween month officially yes. now. It is, is it acceptable to have a pumpkin spice latte now? Anytime yes. after Labor Day. It's fall. You are an it's, animal. It's a fall drink. Anytime right? after He's Labor Day. You got me on this? So oh, you're 100%. rolling in September 7th with the PSL. That's right. I, I start putting up my Halloween stuff mid-September because it's just so much work. So, oh. Yeah. It's a whole nother story. Actually, I did know about your Halloween stuff because uh, you were on SVP earlier this week. Take a listen to this. Tim. Uh, I want you to have a fantastic Halloween. I don't know anyone that loves anything as much as you love Halloween. I hope it's a great one. I hope you just terrify your entire neighborhood. And so they wonder who the hell's the new guy. What's the story with him? It ain't Halloween in my neighborhood unless the kitties are crying. That's the way I look at it. That's the way I've always viewed it. What's what's wrong with this man? Have at at it. Have at it. This man said, oh, I sound so horrible as a human being. I thought being. we learned a kid. And I have a little one in my house, too, by the way. But he's already carrying body parts around the house. What are you talking Atlanta. about? What exactly does this mean? You're the king of breakdowns. Break this down it's just, for It's us. just a little sample of oh, kind of what oh, we got. Listen, well, let me uh-uh. ask this question. What, nope. says, what says Happy Halloween to the little kids better than a, than a chainsaw? I mean, that's what everybody's got to have a chainsaw. So question. Front porch, right? Real or fake? Uh, that's fake. Thank God. Oh, my God. Yeah, this dude's in the bush. Oh, this one I love. Look at Bro. this. Look at that. She's got hands like Bobon. I mean, look at the ah, grip. <laughs> and, like the and you might get an ankle grab as you're walking up to get some uh, candy at the front door. You just never know what could happen. By the way, I could pop out of the bushes at any time on Halloween night, too. And this is a new neighborhood. Oh, this one's kind of got messed up. Normally, there's a couple of eyes sitting right there. Oh, and by the way, this mask fits me perfectly. So I put that on at some point in the night. Uh, that is a real pitchfork, by the way. Maybe I shouldn't tell them. Oh, I love this one. This is your house. Yeah, I love this one. Take a look at this. Now, normally there'd be a head here, but see, he's holding his own head. The, so oh, that's his no. head right there. And then don't, you know, get uh, sidetracked. Take a look over here. Also, this guy, he, he kind of gets lost on the shuffle, but he's standing off to the side. I counted 14 body parts in my front yard in my cemetery. The witch, she stirs that pot, smokes, comes out of it. She talks to your skeleton no. just chilling there on the front no. porch. So that's just a small sample. That's not even going to what's inside pressure. the house. My blood Is pressure right now. Anyone oh. actually, like kids come trick or treat? They do. Sometimes they send their parents up. They stand up by the mailbox. Yeah, that would be when I Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, sorry. Sometimes. Love you can't do it. But I'm not uh, rolling through your house. Billy month of the year. We know that you are so excellent at breakdowns, but there is someone else who is the king of breakdowns. It's Chinea Gumake's sidekick. Who is it? Quaku, baby! We love you! <laughs> and Quaku, it's his last day on NBA today. Oh, he is a good best. thing. He's what are we gonna promoted, do? But Kwaku, we're going we to love miss you. you, my friend. Thank you so much for everything you did for this show. I feel like this has to be the best one you ever do. 
Rami, my tape producer, Kwaku, baby. Hey. <laughs> I'm gonna miss you, man. What are we gonna do? Ended on a sad note. Thank you, you so much, Kwaku. That's Love gonna you, do it for our week on NBA Today. We will see you Monday with Miss Chanae Gumake hosting. Kwaku, baby. <laughs>